before I start, I would like to thank you for the opportunity you are giving me to express the Dhamma. And uh, I am thankful also uh, for your patience if uh, I am, uh, you know, sometimes difficult to understand with the accent or something. So today, the 82nd day of this retreat is over. <laughs> so, do we kill time or is ki time killing us? <laughs> it's not loud enough? But if you want, I can talk louder. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. But I am afraid that tomorrow morning there will be a notice, you know, from the administration board saying that I am talking too loud in the in the dumb hall. No? <laughs> okay, okay. So I will say this is your <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> okay. So uh, tonight I would like to talk about uh, <laughs> the the our meditation practice. No, this is what we are here for, so we will talk about that and about our life, our goals, aims, and all to achieve that. This is, bring us, is bringing us to methods, to the ways, to techniques, and how we handle the everything. This mainly deals with uh, attitudes. With wrong attitudes, we can spoil everything. And with good attitude, then uh, we can make uh, things much easier. So to elaborate on that uh, topic, we will use the Metta Sutta and some extracts. It's, it's not going to be uh, a scholarly interpretation of the, of the sutta, as most of you uh, probably know about it, but uh, we will take extracts uh, from that sutta just to explain what we want to uh, uh, talk about. So also the Dhamma, you know, it is just natural law. So the development and the practice it is something that, has, that is happening by itself. When we start to practice and everything is unfolding and everything comes naturally. So this uh, natural, these natural laws and uh, you know, many times parallels are made with the nature in the text and uh, a lot of inspiration had been uh, given to us through those uh, stories and examples. Wisdom, for example, you know, last uh, week, I said that the understanding was compared, you know, with the tree. The roots being the sila, the morality, and the samadhi also. And the trunk uh, being understanding. So during this week, uh, I was looking a little bit outside the window, and uh, then there is a tree there and uh, with berries, you know, and then no, now autumn is coming. And uh, there was a bird and uh, another bird, and they were feeding out of those berries. So uh, 
one of them was much bigger, but actually the small one was taking the berries from the tree and then he was putting it in the, in the mouth of the, of the bigger bird, <laughs> bird, you know. So I realized that, well, you know, the small one is the mother and the big one is the, is the child. <laughs> so how wonderful, no? All the, all the summer, I don't know if it is, I don't know if that is normal, but all the summer, that little bird has the, had the opportunity to grow and to learn how to, I mean, to at least to, to feed itself. But still, you know, now autumn and uh, winter will be coming. He was not able to, uh, to handle the, the, that type of berry. You know, he needed his mother. His, his mother. So we see the relationship with parents. You know, sometimes uh, uh, children are a little bit, uh, you know taking too much from the parents and also sometimes the parents never uh, want to leave their duty or leave their responsibility. They always think that, uh, you know, until they die, their responsibility, you know, their child will always be their child. So in nature itself, we see that actually that uh, type of uh, reasoning is not there because they live by in instinct. So. Uh, what an animal is doing is just by instinct and mostly it is the survival instinct and the uh, reproduction. So they just want to keep alive and to maintain the species uh, going on. But uh, for the humans, it's a little bit different and uh, we have a tendency to think a little bit more, you know, whether it is beneficial or not, uh, it's up to us to see. But uh, Still, the principle is the same. Like, uh, we always need a meaning. We always need a goal in our life. And this, you know, like uh, raising children and things like that, sometimes it can be a goal for some people. Like I remember a few, some times ago, then I, I knew an old lady and uh, she had cancer. So before she died, you know, eventually she passed away. So before she died, she told me that, uh, you know, the ultimate meaning or the ultimate purpose of his, life, of his life had been finally, you know, to give education and to give, uh, you know, the opportunity for his children to grow up and to uh, be successful in life. So all her life, the meaning of her life was to do something for, you know, for the, for, for, for her family. So this is work, you know, and uh, I think in life, if we don't have a meaning, if we don't have a purpose, if we don't have something that is taking us into the, our art, you know, a project or a research or something that is really interesting us or something that is we, that is really taking all, all our uh, guts, you know, then there is no, uh, not, not much of, uh, of a meaning. There is not much of a purpose, you know, the life is not uh, fully uh, uh, lived. So without a meaning, it's uh, more difficult to get motivation, interest, and also to get the joy. There is no creativity, there is no fullness of life. There is no concentration and no improvements. And actually there is no quality. Where we are is where life is. And the meaning of life cannot be outside the life.
how we bring quality to our life depends on how we look at it. Looking at something is what is called a perspective. There are many angles from which we can see things and there are many attitudes that we can adopt. Our attitudes to life will determine what we get out of it. Our motivations will give us the courage, will, inspiration and determination to go through it with all its up and down. Now, by practicing meditation, we are not necessarily cut off from the life. Actually, we may be more uh, closer to it or we may be uh, near, you know, because uh, our capacity to listen or at least to be aware of what is going on outside ourselves. Because sometimes we, when we are just caught up in activities, you know, activities are just taking our attention and it is, uh, it is taking us outside, you know, the, 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 the being in touch, you know, with what we feel and what we experience. So by doing the meditation, we get more attuned to our inner world. And this inner world, you know, is how we perceive the life and how actually we, we live the life itself. So if we are not sensitive, if we are not aware of uh, uh, where we are and uh, how we think and uh, how, we, how we, we experience the things, then something is missing. So by developing that type of awareness in practicing meditation, we are definitely not cutting off ourselves from the life because we get more closer to ourselves. How do we make our meditation practice an integrated part of our life? And how do we make life an integrated part of our practice? That depends on our attitude to it. That's the question. And this attitude is the starting point. Perspective is both the outcome and the attitude. Like when, uh, when we are starting something, then there is a, we take an attitude, we have an attitude, so this attitude is uh, brought up by a kind of perspective. So those things are coming together. But the starting point and the ending point is uh, the attitude itself. The reality will never will be the same, but the perception we will have of it will be different. So here we have we have the meaning. Like uh, I just resume, you know what. Uh, I started to say too, we have the meaning, you know, we have a meaning in life, we have a goal. Then, as a second, we have the motivation, we get the interest, the joy, the creativity. Then as a third, we get the concentration, a sense of fullness, and the quality. So this is the quality of the mind, and the quality 
in what we do and the quality in what and how we live our life. That quality will determine, it will be determined by how we look at the thing. So that means the quality of our life will be determined with the perspective you know, that we have on things. And the, ter the perspective itself will determine the attitudes, the positions that we are adopting. So the attitude itself determines also the results and the fruit that we are getting from it. So do you follow a little bit? Yeah. So you don't need to remember all that, but uh, now I am starting again with the number one. So number one is that uh, we have a meaning, we have a view, you know, whatever uh, it is, and then we have a goal, we have an aim. So the meaning is now, and the aim is a desired result, like in the future. So we have what is, this is A, and we have what should be, B, this is B. So A is what is, and B is what should be. So this is a kind of dilemma. What is now, and what uh, we are uh, aiming at, what we are wanting, what we are aspiring at, you know? So this is a kind of uh, dichotomy that uh, is solved by, uh, by ways, by means, by uh, skills, and by methods. So uh, teachers, you know, they have created methods. They have created techniques and means and stratagems. So without a perspective, a vision of what we are aiming at, we can get engulfed caught up in a system, a method, a technique. However good it is, it can become a trap. So it's always good to refresh ourselves and look at what is going on with a perspective. Not necessarily the same we had at the beginning as things change and evolve, but with an overview. So we need to refresh ourselves, we need to have uh, a perspective and uh, an overview of uh, what is uh, what we are doing and where we are going. That's uh, th this, this is very important to keep uh, our motivation and also to keep track of uh, where uh, we are going. So to come back to our dilemma, what is A and what should be? Let's see which type of approaches are used by the Buddha to fill that type of gap. So for that uh, purpose, I will use, you know, the Metta Sutta. So I guess most of you, they know, you know the story or you know the, the background of that Sutta or should I repeat it or you know, huh? or you don't know. So that uh, specific Sutta, you know, the Metta Sutta was uh, given by the Buddha to a group of monks when they were going for the rainy retreat in the forest, in the Himalayas. 
So you had uh, many monks, and they, they had settled in a place, you know, in the hills, in the forest, and uh, they wanted to spend the three months of the rainy season there. And uh, when they started their practice, then there were some uh, kind of devas or, you know, some kinds of spirits living in the trees themselves. And uh, when those uh, spirits, they realized that the monks were to spend three months there, then they were a little bit embarrassed and they didn't like it because uh, they will be ashamed, you know, to be higher than them. And anyway, it was not very pleasing to them. So they started to give trouble to the monks and uh, all kinds of uh, troubles, you know, like uh, bad smells and uh, visions. And so the monks at a certain point, they, many of them, they could not sleep and they had a hard time because of the trouble that uh, the spirits were giving to them. So uh, because of that, he went back to the Buddha and he asked him what uh, he, they should do. And the Buddha told them that, uh, you know, he gave them that uh, sutta and he told them the, that to recite it at least once a day or I don't know, to recite it from time to time, I don't remember, uh, you know, uh, but it was, to it, it was to be recited and also it was to be practiced and, uh, you know, so including the recitation, it was also to be, uh, you know, associated with a meditation practice. So this is how we have it now, you know, whether it was given like that in the full or whether it was modified in the future, we don't know, but this is what we are having. So. Uh, now, you know, my purpose is, is just to take extracts from that and then to see where, uh, where I want to, to lead, you know, where I want to, uh, what I want to explain. So the first uh, phrase, you know, also, sometimes, you know, like the sheets are with you, so if you don't know it, you can, you can read it by yourself and be familiar with the Pali, and then also try to practice it, you know, if you are not familiar with it. It's very useful, and it's full of meaning. It is full of uh, hints of how we should practice, so that's, uh, you know, if you are bored or if you don't know what to, uh, how to entertain your, uh, your empty uh, space moment, you know, you just, uh, you just uh, have a glimpse at it later on. So now I will not go with the Pali, which is very beautiful, but I will go straight to the, to the English translation. So here we have, uh, he who is skilled in working out his own good or his own uh, well-being and who wishes to attain that state of calm should act thus. Right? So then you have uh, all uh, kinds of uh, prescriptions that the that uh, that the person should uh, should do. So, well, I will go a little bit with the Pali because uh, there are some words that sometimes are have many meanings. So, karani yang means karani yang atakusalena yang tang santang padang abisamecha. So, karani yang means what you should do, what should be done. And attakusalina means somebody who is clever with uh, the good, somebody who is clever with his own good. But atta also can mean a goal, you know, can mean also meaning. So somebody who is, uh, who is 
be clever, you know, in that. Anything that is beneficial to oneself, this is a goal and uh, this is a good way. So, somebody with skill in his own good. So, uh, so that person who wants to dwell or who wants to achieve that state of peace, Santang, Padang, Abhisanecha. So what he should do, Karani Yang. So here we have kind of uh, at least two propositions, if not three. So first we have the meaning, the way, the goal. And then, second, we have the person who wants to reach that state of uh, peace, you know, that goal. And the third, we have what that person should do. So first is killing the good in the way. Second is the aim, being the state of peace. So with great skillfulness, the results come immediately with the way. The way is not so different from the end, and this is a state of non-conflict. They say that Dhamma is akariko, no? It is uh, timeless, and it is beyond the boundaries of time. So when we start practicing, we start getting the results here and now, akariko. But for some, there is a kind of delay, and that state of peace has to be worked for. So we have guidelines and directions as what should be done and what should not be done. And here we are, the Karani Yang. So this is the method or this is what uh, has to be practiced. So I will read it, you know, and uh, just be patient. So. He should be dexterous, upright, exceedingly upright, obedient, gentle and humble, contented, easily supportable, with but few responsibilities, of simple livelihood, control in the senses, prudent, courteous, and not anchor after associations with families. Let him not perform the slightest wrong from for which wise men may <coughs> rebuke him. Let him think, may all beings be happy and safe. May they have happy minds. Whatever living beings there may be, feeble or strong, or the seekers and the, and the attained, long, stout, or of medium size, short, small, large, those seen or those unseen, those dwelling far or near, those who are born as well as those yet to be born, may all beings have happy minds. Let him not deceive another, nor despise anyone anywhere, in anger or ill will. Let him not wish another ill. So this is, uh, you know, it's kind of poetic. And it's kind of, uh, it's very easy going and uh, it's not a very rigid type of uh, orders. It's something, you know, that is uh, 
uh, easily remembered and also easily uh, acceptable. So we have that, uh, you know, that presentation of uh, harmony, that prese presentation of something that is, uh, you know, something, somebody who is wishing for good, who is wishing for, uh, you know, to improve. So this is quality, this is aesthetic, this is, there is a kind of uh, aesthetic to it, there is a kind of uh, beauty to that. So that kind of uh, attitude is what is, um, you know, if we put it in a frame that uh, we are using, like the chart that uh, you were given, you know, last month, or you know, the chart with all those uh, uh, those things with the stupa. So tho all those things we can fit them into those kinds of uh, box, you know, like the guarding of the sense faculties and the, the observing sila and uh, be moderate in food, being uh, awake and being uh, contented, all that kind of things, you know, and then also being uh, uh, with, uh, with a good mind. So anyway, this is, uh, we can fit that in a chart, we can fit that in a, in a, in a method. So by doing that kind of thing, the what should be done becomes much more easy and productive. But what struck me, you know, at the beginning and where, why I wanted to come to that uh, sutta is because of the simile that is given. And the simile is the simile of the mother. So just as a mother will protect her child, her only child, with, uh, with her own life, even so let him cultivate a boundless heart, heart towards all beings. I think that's meaning, I mean, you don't need to, we don't need so much to explain about it because uh, if we are here, it's because uh, our parents and uh, it's also because of uh, mothers. So. We know how the parents, and especially the mother, how she gave us uh, care and how she took care of us. So uh, we have no doubts about uh, if any mother needs to learn how to love her child. So what is the quality of the mother? The mother has love and affection, and she has care and interest. She has tolerance and patience etc. So she is, she is fully dedicated to the child welfare. The mothers, they may gather information and advices as for the how and the methods, you know, how to raise a child and uh, what to do for the education and what to do for the help and things like that. But basically, the attitude of a mother will be one of loving. So similes with the uh, mother as an example, you know, or the attitude that the mothers are having, we can find that, you know, here and there in the, in the text. 
with the mother's care with all their life for their child. So the similes or, you know, the relation that is made here is that uh, we should develop these same qualities for all beings, ourselves. So we should develop that type of motherly feeling for ourselves also, you know, but also for all, all other beings, for, uh, you know, for the people who are living around us. Sometimes for ourselves, you know, we should think about that. Are, do we really care about ourselves? Are we really kind? If we take, if we were to see ourselves as if we were our own parents, then sometimes it will be helpful because sometimes we are like little children, you know, and we are kind of begging help from uh, some authority or some kind of uh, superior person. But if we learn how to look out at ourselves with kindness and with patience and with tolerance and also with wisdom, with, you know, a kind of uh, uh, wisdom that is able to see the good of the children. So by being the children ourselves in difficult situation and also by being the parent to ourselves, then we can be our own teacher. We can learn how to take wise decisions and also we can learn to develop a type of perspective that... Uh, uh, will be helpful. So the type of quality that is given here, it's in the sense of caring. It is in the sense of uh, full attention because here, not only the mother, you know, has to give care, but here the relation is that uh, for the sake of her own life, with the sake, with her own life, she will give everything to the children. So she is ready to sacrifice her own uh, benefit and all, uh, you know, even her life, just to, to see that the, 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 the child is, uh, is uh, growing up. So if we have that type of uh, attitude, you know, if we have that type of interest with our meditation, I think it will be much uh, easier and also it will be much uh, interesting and uh, captivating and you know, a little bit more intense and maybe also a little bit more balanced because we will do it with our heart. We will do it with uh, something that takes us with, uh, you know, with, with our guts. We will be doing it very willingly and with a lot of, uh, you know, with a lot of uh, care. And I think this is what we have, uh, this is how we should develop the, the meditation. Also sometimes, you know, the Another comparison, like just to go on that uh, side, is that uh, when somebody is having a good meditation, like the Nimitta, or then they say that uh, uh, when that comes to be, then it should be, they compare it to the mother, the, the, the queen's monarch, who is uh, pregnant, and uh, she's having the, 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 the king to be in her room, so she is very, very careful, you know, with her diet, with everything she is doing, she's very careful to protect the new, uh, new coming child. So in the same way with our meditation, we should be very careful to protect it and to value it very much. And uh, also sometimes uh, that uh, parallel is done also with the sila. So uh, as the mother protects her child, so also we should protect our virtue, we should protect the integrity of our uh, livelihood and. Uh, the way we behave, it is very important. So we should give that type of quality to, uh, uh, you know, 
to ourselves and to you know the the, the, the way we are living. So here we have the meaning, we have the goal, like the, the mother is having a meaning or you know the, 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 the monk or the meditator is also having a goal by uh, uh, wanting to practice his meditation. But there is no conflict because of the attitude. So because of the attitude of loving, because of the attitude of caring you know, for ourselves and for others, then uh, however hard or however difficult the, 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 the what should do, what should be done, and what, the, uh, what we have to do, then it, it's, not, uh, it's not so difficult anymore. And there is no conflict because of that. What is the result? Somebody practicing like that, you know, with all his heart and also with a lot of uh, metta. So some of you already have experienced that that that, that uh, state of mind and that state of peace. So what is happening is that uh, the next uh, the next phrase is that Brahman etang viharang idamau. So this is divine abiding here they say. You know that phrase, no? So, the abiding is the four postures, and the divine abiding is the jhana. Here, they say that the, that, uh, the Brahma Vihara, it's for somebody who has attained the metta jhana. So this is the result, that uh, somebody practicing like that, then he can attain the, the metta jhana. So from there we get a different perspective because we get kind of uh, uh, very high in spirit and very high in uh, our moods and everything is very balanced. So from that balance, from that per perspective, we get a new look on uh, what uh, we should do and how we should handle the things. So now I will uh, give to you what they <coughs> say regarding that in the commentaries. You know, those uh, scholars and those who maintain the, the text, they were writing uh, comments on uh, passages that were not so easily understandable. So here the commentaries say, since loving kindness is near to wrong belief of self, because it is having creatures, it is having the creatures or being for its object. Therefore, uh, it should be completed. The teaching should be completed by Dittingche Anupagamma. So, this one is, uh, you know, it is uh, a little bit later, just before the end. So it is just the last one. So Dittingcha Anupagamma si Lavaso. Dittingcha Anupagamma, not falling into wrong views. So 
already the person is having you know that type of noble abiding that type of uh, you know very high loving state of mind than he is in jhana but still that type of mind is close to what they call the wrong view that is the view on self and this is the view that uh, uh, beings are actually existing so this is what is difficult to understand is that uh, as long as we see the concept of a person or the concept of a being we still incline to uh, to have uh, wrong interpretations of reality because actually there is no being we are not there is only the elements it's just a natural law of uh, of physics and uh, you know of karma and uh, all kinds of uh, you know uh, conditions that make uh, those conditions possible so the idea of a person the idea of a man a woman or an animal is something that we have created in our mind so because <laughs> of that you know somebody who is practicing metta he still have the concept because if you don't have a concept you cannot practice the the metta you know if there is no being if you just see uh, rising and falling and just uh, kalapas or you know small particle then you just go through and you cannot your mind you cannot hold the object because the object actually is not uh, uh, permanent the object is uh, something that is intangible and in it has no uh, re- real core so somebody who is practicing metta has to do that on a concept and the concept is the concept of a being of a creature of uh, somebody or you know some animal or something that is uh, uh, living So to go against, you know, that view or to be a preserve, not a preserve, a preventative against wrong views, then they say how to switch from the metta jhana to the insight, to the vipassana. And then eventually from insight, you know, to a deeper peace because the beginning of the the sutta says okay now some for somebody who wants to attain that peace so that peace is not the peace necessarily of the brahma vihara it's not the peace that uh, somebody <coughs> will get from the jhana but it is the peace the, that is more profound than that and this is the peace that somebody is going to get by practicing vipassana so what will be done is that uh, the person should uh, you know emerge from that jhana like uh, when he goes into the meditation or you know when he is that uh, when he is in that uh, mental state then he goes out of the jhana and uh, he examines the jhana factors and uh, eventually he sees them as uh, anicca uh, as impermanent and dukkha anatta but the first thing is uh, first to identify the jhana factors and then to identify them as a mentality so to see the jhana factors just as a mental process separated from the physical process so we see that uh, there is just a mental process and uh, this mental process in our chart you know like uh, the the table i tried to explain uh, last year this uh, not last year last week is the first step for the vipassana knowledge is nama Parichedha here, and uh, here they start with the nama. They start with the mental part because somebody who is having uh, the jhana, then it's very 
uh, easy to be aware of the of the mental state so we can start directly with the with the mind without uh, uh, and then do the, the the materiality second you know so here we have the mind first the nama palicheda the defining of uh, mentality and then what he does is uh, he is defining the the, the, the materiality he is defining the, the rupa and the, in the chart we have the rupa palicheda that is that is uh, defining uh, materiality. So, you know, this, I said that this is very important step for the Vipassana, like those first two jnanas are how to define materiality, how to define uh, mentality. So that's a very, uh, you know, it's not, it, it is something that we should not neglect and this is something also that uh, you have to practice here if you want to learn it from the from the traditional point of view. So by this delimitation of nama rupa, then they say that uh, it will not hold the views of self because by defining you know the materiality very uh, skillfully and then with the causes and uh, with the conditions, then you will see oh no the, the, that uh, body or that. Materiality is just uh, just a material process, and then the ment mentality that is arising together with it is uh, something also depending on causes and conditions. And this is not necessarily from the commentaries. You know, here they they, they give uh, they give a quotation from the Sanyutta, and they say, "A heap of mere formations, no creature can be found herein." Suddha Sankara Punyo Yang Na Ides Satu Palabhati. So it is to ask, you know, did the Buddha Gosa, the commentator, do you think he had a mother? So I think, uh, I mean, I don't think, but uh, it's of course he had. So with the practice, you know, the perspective are changing. So we have from Samatha, and then we go to the Vipassana. We are dealing with the uh, concepts, and then we go to the ultimate reality. And from mind and mother, we go to mind and matter. for my conclusion, you know. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here. <laughs> I have to plan, you know, so, but I forget my plan. <laughs> That's why I write them down. <laughs> so, we have seen uh, how the meditation is not separated from life. No, isn't, isn't it? So, we have seen that. We have seen also how we can achieve our goals without too much uh, dichotomy with the how, the method. And this we did by bringing perspective and attitude into play. For this, we use the Metta Sutta and the Wissar that uh, 
there is the goal, you know, that goal was the state of peace, and then there is the means, the methods, that is what should be done, and then in order to see one and two, that is the state of peace and how to get there, we have a perspective, and then that perspective gives us uh, an attitude. I mean, the perspective and attitudes comes almost together. And the, and the attitude here is uh, the attitude of a mother. Wanting peace, we make peace with ourselves and others by generating thoughts of metta. Now we can try and then also we can see how it will affect uh, our practice. So the question that uh, will be left to you is, uh, what are your goals? Nobody can tell you. And uh, how will you proceed to achieve them? I think this is enough for tonight. So if you have any question, you please uh, ask. Uh, it will be uh, welcome. Now we'll start with the written questions. There are many, so uh, I will read them. So first question is, I know there is no vinyana kasina, but in samatha, is there a practice where consciousness is the object? Is it only in the second arupa jhana, or is there another practice with the rupa jhana? There are two jhanas. The base of boundless consciousness jhana. The base of and the base of neither perception nor non-perception jhana. These two jhanas take the consciousness, but any meditator, if they want to practice this jhana. They must already practice one or one of ten casinas or one casino up to fourth jhana. Then they must continue to practice number five immaterial jhana, the base of boundless space jhana. Taking the base of boundless space jhana consciousness as object, they can practice the base of boundless space, the base of boundless consciousness jhana, number six jhana. So for beginners, without attaining the base of boundless space jhana, if they practice the base of boundless consciousness jhana, it is impossible. This practice is for those who had already attained the base of boundless space jhana only. In the same way, 
If they want to attain the base, the base of neither perception nor no perception jhana, the object of that jhana is number seven, the base of nothingness jhana. If they had already attained the base of nothingness jhana, other than only they can practice to attain the base of neither perception nor no perception jhana. The object of the base of neither perception nor no perception is the base of nothingness jhana consciousness. For beginners, without attaining any jhana, if they want to practice consciousness as meditative object, there may be concentration, but they cannot attain any jhana. Because the consciousness, if they want to practice the consciousness as meditative object, to attain jhana, then that consciousness must be either the base of boundless space jhana consciousness or the base of boundless, the base of nothingness consciousness. So without these two types of jhana consciousness, if they take consciousness as meditative object, then they cannot attain any jhana. The question is, once I was told that it is good to learn how to enter it into bhavanga at will, because one is not generating kamma during the bhavanga state. Is that correct? There is one sutta called Adidabriyaya Sutta in Sayyuta Nikaya. It is says like that. The meaning of that sutta is if a, one bhikkhu can abide in Bhuyanga state for a long time, at that time he had no discursive thoughts such as killing mothers, killing fathers, creating schism in Sangha, etc. These karmas are very heavy and wholesome karmas. When he was staying in Buenga mainstay, he will have no such discursive thoughts. In this way, Buddha taught. Because Buenga mainstay is resident consciousness mainstay, the resident consciousness mainstay have no power, no energy to produce any future result, good or bad results. So because of this reason, Instead of one person thinking to kill mother, father, or to do sakesim in sangha, then it is better to stay in Buenga Maisri. <laughs> in this way, Buddha suggests only. But this is a waste of time only. He cannot accumulate any wholesome karma to escape from the Rauno Ripa at that time. So we go to question number five. Is every meditator required 
to start each sitting from the first anapana jhana, even if they have moved on to practicing vipassana. Maybe there are one type of jhana we call padaga jhana. Padaga jhana, the meaning of padaga jhana means as a basis jhana for vipassana. Samadhi bhikkhu bhavita samahita bhikkhu bhikkhu yadha buddha bhajanadi bhikkhus develop concentration. A concentrated mind understands the dhammas as they really are. In this way, Buddha taught. Because of this reason, if they already had already a day, jhana, every day before practicing vipassana, they should they should re-establish this jhana concentration. Depending on jhana concentration, they can understand the ultimate materiality, ultimate mentality, and their causes very clearly. Ultimate materiality, ultimate mentality, and their causes are the object of vipassana. Now I want to ask you one question. Now whether Concentrating any jhana without re-establishing any jhana, please directly see to your body. Do you see your body is composed with small subatomic particles called calabas? Can you see? <laughs> now directly pay attention to your body. Can you see this calabas? No. If you do not see this calabas, eh, if you do not analyze those kalabas, you cannot understand ultimate materiality. Ultimate materiality is the object of vipassana. These ultimate materialities, as soon as they rise, they pass away very, very quickly. So they are nature impermanent. They are always oppressed by rising and passing away, so they are dukkha suffering. There is no permanent entity, permanent substance in them, so they are another non-self. Such type of contemplation is called vipassana. Without understanding by direct knowledge this ultimate materiality, if you practice vipassana, your vipassana is just superficial only, not real vipassana. Therefore, in every sitting, Before practicing vipassana, you should re-establish your jhana concentration. But some meditators, especially they are experts in practicing jhana, they can directly practice up to fourth jhana. But this is a very rare opportunity. This is for experts only. If you are also expert, then you can do. You can directly go to but if you, for beginners, usually systematic way is better. They must re-establish first jhana concentration, second jhana concentration, third jhana concentration, and fourth jhana concentration. This is systematic way. So is it possible to speak 
while in the first jhana. Was it possible for the Buddha to speak while in the first jhana? <laughs> if you had already had the Abdul Fajana, you can test by yourself. It is better because <coughs> what do you want to speak? <laughs> so if you want to speak, you must think anyway. I want to speak about my son or about my daughter, etc. So such type of thinking is not jhana. For example, anabana for jhana, take anabana, Pati Bhaga Nimita counterpart sign. Except this Anabana counterpart sign, this Anabana Fajana know nothing. While entering into Anabana Jana, Imadidida knows only Anabana Pati Bhaga Nimita counterpart sign. But for Buddha, He is expert in every jhana. He can jump every jhana, especially when creating psychic power in the sky. For example, he preached Buddha Vansa. Buddha Vansa is the story of Buddhahood. How he had accumulated paramis, etc. Hmm? He created one sankama in the sky. Above the sankama, he is walking to improve. At that time, he preached this Buddha was a story, story of Buddha life. But <coughs> Creating is another one moment. Walking is another moment. And then no jhana. Before he entered into Abdul Put Jhana, especially at Casino Abdul Put Jhana. Then he create in this guy to become one Sankama. Walking path. Imagine from that but with psychic power. After then creating, then he emerged from jhana only. Then he walked on the Sankama, walking path. So this is different time, not within jhana. Like the Anapana Nimitta, do the Kasina Nimitta change a little if our perspective change? When concentration is very weak, and the day some meditators, their object change. Especially some meditators, if they practice yellow casino, etc., color casinos, if their concentration is not deep enough, then this color may change. Somebody did as well practice in white casino. Their meditative object is only white casino. But 
Their concentration is not deep enough. So depending on their perception, then white casino becomes yellow casino again. And then red casino or black casino, etc. So colors may be changed depending on concentration. That changing is not for those who had enough deep concentration. Who have no enough deep concentration, depending on their perception, their casino color is changing. Number eight, I think, right away. Oh, I think it is. Uh, is it necessary to discern ultimate materiality before mentality? Can mentality be, be discerned first? There are two ways. Samatha Yanika and Vipassana Yanika. Samatha Vihikar and Vipassana Vihikar. Who practice Samatha Path? Abdujana states. When they are practicing Vipassana, they can begin materiality or they can begin mentality. They can discern mentality path or they can discern materiality path. They can do according to their own desire. For example, <coughs> if a meditator practices Tengasinas eight adamas, Abdu, full absorption stage, Tengasinas eight adamas, they can re-establish their concentration except the base of the base of neither perception nor no perception channel. They can design jhana dhammas first. Any jhana, any jhana means except the base of neither perception nor no perception jhana. What is the reason? For beginners, the base of neither perception nor no perception jhana dhammas are very subtle. They cannot design easily. Because of this reason, from first jhana to the base of Nothingness jhana, they can re-establish this jhana concentration. As soon as they emerge from this jhana, they can descend jhana dhammas easily. However, there is another problem. Another problem is only jhana dhammas are not the object of meditation, upasana. Vipassana meditation. You may enjoy color, sound, smell, taste, tangible objects, etc. So, if you see any color at the endocognitive process as well as Mind or cognitive process arise taking this color as object. Now, please try. Do you see me? Okay. Can you design endocognitive process? Mind or cognitive process which take my color. Can you design? No easy. For those pyrocognitive process, or such to cognitive process taking materiality as object. But they, if they want to bright to discern 
endocognitive process as well as mindocognitive process which take color as object. Then first they must design transparency. Secondly, they should design pulling up mind. So eye transparency is called eye is called mind. Eye and mind first they must design. Secondly, they must design color as object. When this color impinge both those, eye and mind, at that time only, Endocognitive process as well as mindocognitive process taking color as object appear. What is endocognitive process? Number one, Pido advising consciousness. Number two, unconsciousness. Number three, receiving consciousness. Number four, investigating consciousness. Number five, decision consciousness. Number seven, two, up to 12, seven join up my moments. There only two registering my moments. Can you see this my moments without designing I do and my do? Can you design? Not easy. Hmm? So because of this reason, before designing I do cognitive process and my do cognitive process, or six dog cognitive process which take uh, 28 types of rubber as object. Then you must first try to design materiality. And then that only you can design this endo cognitive process, etc. Because I'm more endo cognitive process, I'm consciousness rise to be the endo. Other consciousness rise depending on mind. Maybe depending on mind, they rest on the heart place. What is heart place? They do not understand. If they do not understand heart place, they cannot see ultimate mentality which rise depending on heart place. So, because of this reason, after designing materiality, if they continue to design mentality, they can understand clearly. So, dear one has been a little bit uh, unsure. Does Metta brings full jhana also since uh, there is individual essence in beings? So, this is already. So it has been answered already. So we, somebody can answer, somebody can get the meta with the can get full jhana with the meta, and it can happen because uh, the person does not look at the individual essence in the beings, but see the uh, individual being the indi but see the being as a concept. He doesn't look at the individual essence. I guess you understand. So, and uh, then the question goes on as, why is it possible to attend the third jhana with a dear friend as an object in metta practice, but only access concentration with that dear friend's skeleton as a repulsive object? Object is not safe. 
of there is no same means. Do you date chicken? <laughs> Do you eat chicken? If you eat chicken, occasionally can you bite chicken bones? <laughs> so you may have no rebirth mind. Because of this reason, you can bite, you can eat this chicken. In the same way, with that dear friend, Sakalada, as a reverse object, reverse nature is sometimes not clear. If they have reverse mind, they will not marry. <laughs> is it true? <laughs> yes. If they have real reverse mind, they will not marry. They will not love to each other. So, Reversive nature is not so strong for Adami of Jhana. Because of this reason, excess concentration, this is metaphorically, not real excess. That prince skeleton is like that body's skeleton. If they gain, pay addition, other than only they gain a day, excess, up to excess concentration stage. But if they, as a prince skeleton, if they pay addition, then they cannot add up to excess concentration stage. They can add only momentary concentration only. Because they have no rebirth mind for the full rebirth mind for the Adami of Jhana. But as a dear prince, if they practice Medajana, this is another way of meditation. They get a day up to that jhana, it is true. Because object is not seen. If one has attained, if one has mastered the jhana, can one enter it even in daily life? What do you mean daily life? <laughs> For example, Odra Ubasika. Hmm? Sirima Kutesi. Hmm? Sirima, when Sirima Boa up, wine, bada wine. Very hot, bada wine. On her body. She quickly enters into Medajana. She stays in Medajana very quickly. Other than she is busy in kitchen. But Sirima is with anger. She poured out this powder, hot powder wine on her body. She quickly entered into Medafachana, Saginjana, and Tajana. Then this hot powder wine is like central cool water. No problem. Then can we say, is it daily life? <laughs> In the same way, Kain Udena, he want to shoot with arrow to kill Sirima and 500 uh, women. Then when he shoot, other than he cannot shoot, what is crazy? Sirima and 500 Women, they enter into Medajana. So his arrow cannot move. 
So is it daily life? <laughs> Maybe you can do whether daily life or not, you can do pradigali. Mm. Please explain more what bhavanga is. What does life continuum, continuum means? How is it related to consciousness? I hear the term bhavanga used as a reference to mind door and also to blank spaced out states of non-attention. Are, are these related? If you want to understand Bhavanga, then you should write this up the Dibelia origination stage. At that time only, you can clearly understand. So this Bhavanga mystery is mental series connecting mental series not to stop because of previous karma. According to Buddha's teaching, now you are listening our Dhamma talk. See, ear cognitive process as well as mind cognitive process are listening to our Dhamma talk. But <coughs> now we stop. No song. <laughs> but you have still mind. No ear cognitive process, no mind cognitive process which taking our song. Is it true? So, if you are, you have no endocognitive process as well as mind cognitive process, which is listening to our tomato, then if there is no mental process, then you will die. So not to cease mental series, the, this bring up mental state arises between cognitive process. Non-listening to matter, ear do cognitive process rise, then bring up mind states. Then again continue you, you are listening to the matter. So mind or cognitive process rise. Then bring up then ear do cognitive process, then bring up then mind or cognitive process, then bring up. In this way alternately they are working. If there is no mental process, then Bhuenga mind state must arise. Not to cease mental series. If mental series stop, then this is called dying, death. So not to cease mental series, this Bhuenga mind state arise between two cognitive process. When it is arise because of previous karma, previous karma produce to rise in this way. But now many meditators when practicing jhana, for example, anapana jhana, they must design five jhana patterns. At the day, number one, they must design buenga mindu. Inside buenga mindu, they Anabana Bribaga Nimida Kontaba Sai Abia Adda De Degindesa Pajana Patas. That Bhenga Mindo is taught by the Buddha. 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.